It's that time again for the R2 Sense Podcast. You have just officially arrived to episode 15 of the Our Two Cents Podcast. I'm your host, BJ. You can follow me on social media. No, let me stop saying follow me on social media like I'm on all social media. I'm only on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at DareGoBJ. I don't have any other social media. And I'm sitting across the table from my beautiful co-host by the name of... Mona Lisa. And I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mona Lisa. That's M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. Thank you again for returning to our new episode. And I had to like take one good breath before we get started because our weeks have been a mixture of emotions and currents because it's like tumultuous it is spiraling out of control it is bad haircut and hair days it is needing manicures pedicures back so what's been going on with you since the last time i see you uh a lot of things boy okay so I don't think at the last time we met um, or talked, they knew that I was writing on the breaks media. Right, right, right. So I appreciate everyone who's um, taking a look at some of my entries, the, the two that I have there. If you haven't yet, then I highly encourage you to do so. This is where I kind of give you a taste of what I do. I do write um Short stories that, you know, illustrate feelings and emotions. And then um, I'm trying to also break into screenwriting for actual film. And I I aspire to be in a writer's room one day. If not for someone else, then of a show of my own. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really working on that. Um, Building up a couple of different brands that I have of my own. And then um, one of those stories excerpts of melissa that is actually going to be an ongoing um segment or series where okay. it is it's my life right right <laughs> excerpts of melissa was not a fictional story it is actually a current thing that i'm dealing with going through so that is kind of where you will get a taste of um my life what i like right. things that are happening you know so how do you feel about like you know putting out that type of vulnerable content vulnerability is very hard for me it makes my anxiety rise mm-hmm. out of control but it's necessary for growth um, right right i just kind of figure it's my truth you know fuck mm-hmm. it i can't continue to worry about how other feel everybody gonna have an opinion about something yeah right and sure. my truth is my truth and i actually i don't think that i really care too much about it as much as i think that i do Right, so it really right. didn't bother me, you know, because it's like, you know, fuck it. It yeah. is what it is. You know, people out here dealing with their own type of situation. Yeah. So. so it's just a nice way of saying fuck your opinion, you know. <laughs> In so many ways. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, that situation, dealing with a breakup, he refused. It feels like he's refusing to leave the house and... I find myself having to negotiate, you know, him trying to negotiate with me about actually when he's going to go. And it's like, even though I feel different and I feel relief because I don't feel attached to this person anymore. Right. But then that energy is still in my house. He's still there. And while he's there, he's having different issues that are arising and problems that are happening with him. And keeps wanting to come to me for me to talk to him and console him. And I think one of our biggest things this week was he had a situation at work. um, And it's pretty serious, um, an accusation of a lady. It's just these group of people who he's been complaining about for the longest. One young lady I don't think cares for him. And it's a sexual harassment accusation against him. And I just feel like every day you have a different problem. And this particular day, I was tired. I don't feel like dealing with your problems today. And I told him that. Like, he keeps wanting to talk about the same thing. And it's like, 
I don't want to talk about it right now. Right. And he's like, well, what's your opinion on it? And I said, I don't have one. I don't want to talk about it. I want to be left alone right now. And he was really upset. And I was, I felt bad in a sense, but at the same time, I can't keep being in this space without us being together. Right, right. I can't. <laughs> well, the idea of, which is a conversation to be had, um, the fact that, like, I understand from your point, it's like you don't want a person, but you still kind of care for them, so you don't, like, put them all the way out on his ass. Right. But um, those are usually the moments where that's where they grow up at. Like yeah. they have to um they have to lose all of their fundamentals to how they function in order for them to make those certain growth spurts. So like in in saying this, I think that the only way that he's going to understand that shit is real is when shit get real. And that's get where out. I'm kind of at and it's just like I've even gone as far as to, like, things are really uncomfortable. Like, when I say the couches where he sleeps, you are no longer coming to this bed. He waits till I leave for work, and then he goes and lays in the bed to get sleep. I don't cook for him. The only time he gets a cooked meal is if I choose or just mm-hmm. so happen to cook for my daughter and myself. And then, you know, I have something, and he's around, and you can have some, you know? So. Yeah. It's just like I just can't keep doing things that I would do when we're together. Right. And he gets really upset and frustrated, but it's just like, why do you have this expectation of me? Like, It's really not even an expectation. It's just owning that, you know, I'm losing or I lost a good thing. Yeah. And you're missing it while still in the midst of it. I've even gone as far as to... And this is... The other guy that I've been talking to, I would actually try to be courteous and not talk to him while he's there. And I just said, fuck it. And I just started talking to the guy on the phone while he's there. Wow. And so it's not even like we talking on the phone. It's just it's audio. No, it's FaceTime. So (laughs) he got upset because he he was hurt. I think it was like the day before. It was somewhere around Valentine's Day. And I will actually, I go to my room actually to talk. Uh-huh. He refuses to just knock on the door. He just comes up in the room and he does this all the time. And I'm like, stop doing that. I need my space and my privacy. Knock on the door. And so he just bust up in there one day and saw me sitting there and saw this face on the screen. And. Wow. It was hurt. Like, he ended up telling me later his heart dropped to the floor. He was trying to plan this elaborate thing for me for Valentine's Day because he felt so bad about... He's trying to redeem himself because he acknowledges that he did not do me right mm-hmm. or or do me how he should have done. So he's he feels the need to redeem himself by trying to do things and invite me to go on dates after we've broken up. I'm not doing that. Right, and right. I said, I, you really didn't have to plan anything. I mean, I, I you, right. you don't have to do this. And so it was after he saw the guy and it became real that I have moved on. Then that's when he was just like, damn. It's not until shit get real that shit gets real, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's, I mean, that's a very, very weird position as a man to be in. It is. But um, I think it's very healthy because I think that like part of the the male arrogance in some senses, if you have had like your fair share of relationships or experiences, you always think that it's just so easy for you to get right back in the game and just reclaim your spot. And you don't realize that like it's not that simple. It really is a lot of, you know, different aspects to um dating that changes daily you know what i'm saying like it doesn't stay the same every time and so um i think it's healthy that he understands rejection i think it's healthy that he understands like defending for self Mm -hmm. and you know knowing that women are tolerating your fuck shit like i think it's healthy but i will strongly suggest Mm -hmm. that before this uh sexual harassment issue takes a hit he gotta go before that's what i'm like listen he gotta go i really 
feel bad because I don't believe he did that, what she's accusing him of. And I really do think that when people don't like you, I really do think that they will band together to get rid of you by any yeah. means. And that kind of sounds like it's what it is based on the uphill of things that have been happening right. to get to this point. And so it's just kind of like, and and I told him you have to also acknowledge the part you played in this situation yeah, that you're could currently have been in. A dick to her, right? And, she and I, I said you know that, and I said you have to be mindful of how you come off to people. You just have to, and you can't holler. Well, this is outrageous, but you knew you started it, or you gave off yeah. a different vibe and and created right. something in these people to feel the way they feel, and now. You upset because they're actually lying on you. People lie on folks with this every day. You really think that if someone don't like you, that they going to care mm-hmm. about your life? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. It's a tight situation. So, but I'm just like, listen. And then it's like he wants to talk about it every five minutes. And I'm like, I'm not going to digest your shit every five minutes. I just can't. I could sit here and listen to you for a period of time. And I can give you my best recommendation. But I cannot, mm. you know. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, well, shit. I mean, hey, shit don't get real until shit get real. <laughs> so, I mean, it's really nothing to say. And, you know, in his defense, I mean, it's a sad situation that you probably created for yourself. Yeah. Um. Hey, man, best of luck to that man with, you know, his next few months of 2019 because it's going to be <laughs> shitty before it be sunshine. Yeah. But um, that's just a part of being a man, you know, owning your shit and, you know, knowing how to properly apologize, you know, knowing how yes. to um, you have to learn redemption like you're like you're sorry has to connect to the person you victimize, not necessarily be what you feel like they deserve Mm -hmm. like you know you can say i'm sorry all day long but until a person feels in their heart Mm -hmm. that you really connect to the pain that you caused or the the hurt that you administered to me then it's just like you might as well keep it to yourself you know and i think that that's what he's experiencing is like just saying sorry ain't working no more and i told him that i said you think because he really feels like well i say sorry or if he said sorry then everything should be good and i said you have to understand that you can't just say sorry to remedy a situation Mm -hmm. because it loses yeah it loses its value it it don't mean shit if that's all you do after you've done something wrong you have to be genuine about it and truly put forth effort to changing that behavior Mm -hmm. so because i've i've had moments like back in my you know hurt people hurt people days Mm because i had that moment too where like people would say i'm so sorry for what you know what i done to you and the only way to communicate that i didn't care what to say fuck you Mm -hmm. all together like you not understanding that i'm at the fuck you point where like even if you are being genuine with what you're saying your word equals to your person fuck you Right. Like, and there's no other way to say it. I never really figured out a nice way to say that. I think that it explains me and how I feel perfectly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when women used to do dirt, hey, fuck you. (laughs) That's it. Like, you don't have to explain to me what happened. I'm never going to accept that. You know what I'm saying? Like, now forgiveness is kind of confused for a lot of things because... You know, the church will tell you, you know, forgiveness is for you, yeah. not the other person <laughs> and shit. Right. And true enough, it might be some truth to that. But yeah. the problem that I have with forgiveness is that is just accepting what happened. Yes. That doesn't deal with healing what right. happened. So you can say, yeah, forgiveness is for you because the Bible tells you to forgive in order to go to heaven. But what about the hell I'm going through here? In my healing, like that doesn't change with your words. It's a process for that. That goes into what I think we talked about before, where you're not giving the full, fully explaining what these words, words mean. mean right. So yes, it's for you, but break it down how no, this forgiveness right. is going to be for me. So yes, yeah, absolutely. I got to heal from that shit, which I guess we can go into the, um, the segment comfort zone is for suckers, because I kind of think that that deals with, you know, forgiveness and remorse and, you know, redemption. But like, no is confused as a lost opportunity, mm-hmm. which 
in a relationship, ultimately, depending on how you feel about the person that told you no, it may feel that way. But sometimes no just simply means you have to readjust or relearn Mm -hmm. how to approach certain things going forward. Now, in the case of this said gentleman who has fucked up astronomically in his relationship, he's being told no in actions where it's like no cooking, no cleaning, no pussy pop, no nothing. (laughs) Like everything nothing. is nothing. So like being told no is almost like he's taking a loss. But what he's now finding is himself. Mm-hmm. He can correct his own actions, his own judgments, and understand his own decisions because everything has been taken off the table. And as adults, I think we all need to be told no sometimes because it communicates how you're supposed to move forward. You can go back and check yourself and say, well, I never realized that I didn't pay attention to this particular area or interest, or it gives you the reassessment time to approach that same thing again. And sometimes when you're told no, you end up finding out, well, I really didn't need it. It was just something that I wanted to have to add to whatever it is that you're striving for. Mm -hmm. So like being told no it's not necessarily a loss of opportunity because this man may move on from this relationship feeling like he lost a good girl, which he did, but it may make him better for the person who now may be willing to tolerate him. Mm. So, you know, it's how you look at the loss, you know, so being told no is very comfortable for some people to accept when they realize that it just means readjust. It's not saying I lost something Mm -hmm. or I lost out on the opportunity. So it's how you look at your nose versus how you're being told. No, cause I mean, shit, I tell motherfuckers no all the time and it Mm -hmm. make me feel good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I've gotten away from saying no, Mm -hmm. like I should. Yeah. I really have. And I think that, yeah, it feels good to do so. So I'm getting back into learning how to say no. And it's not out of being mean or you know yeah it's just it's having just care no. for yourself <laughs> right yeah. you just know i don't want to do it i shouldn't have to do it just know so. yeah and it's like you know and i feel like people in relationships need to stop saying if you love somebody you would do this or that's manipulation that's manipulation like don't come at me because i'm gonna say no i don't give a fuck how I feel because they know you. deep down they ain't got nothing to do with the yeah. love for you that has to do with you just trying to manipulate them into doing something yeah. for you and he does that so i'm just like and i'll be like no like if <laughs> right I shit if i don't feel like going somewhere if i don't feel like taking the garbage out because you know i live on the upper level of my complex if i don't feel like walking down those stairs that shit gonna sit there until i go to work in the morning unfortunately like it's yeah. just no i mean i get it you know yeah. what i'm saying like i just and it's not to be a dickhead. It's really because, like, we have to build ourselves up sometimes. And that other mm-hmm. person that is looking at you and in the same room as you don't understand that it actually takes you to build up your energy to deal with certain things and even to deal with them. And you might not feel like dealing with either yeah. in that moment. So, like, give me my time to, you know, re-energize and then maybe later, maybe later after I kind of, you know, rejuvenate it. I'll get up and do it. But like yeah. moving on people's time and that very second shit. I don't, well, see, mm. I'm not really the type who's like, well, I asked you now, so do it now. But yeah, if I put it shit. out there and, you know, it's not done like 24 hours later, then it's kind of like, oh, well, okay, I guess I'll just do it myself. But it's um, it's interesting that we kind of got off on this foot because today we're going to talk about like... Uh, in some senses, male financial support. Now, um, interesting enough, you know, the black woman's shero, Mary J. Blige, is in a very interesting position in media, like where she comes out and she say that she only fucking with motherfuckers that can possibly make more than her. Mm-hmm. And there's two sides to that to me. Um one i don't think well no let me further explain why this is even the conversation okay so mary was formerly married to kendu who was kind of on a middle class level when of course they met 
he might have been making some money but it definitely wasn't as much as she as she may have been bringing in and he had to adjust as a man to some of her responsibilities as being a mega star and a cultural icon for African Americans. I'm assuming that that is a like a very hefty um, experience as one a man and a husband, but then two to kind of be the partner mm-hmm. of somebody who is an icon in Black culture. So um, I can only imagine the the changes he probably had to make to his personal life because of the two he has the lesser of the responsibility so um they end up getting a divorce and he was getting to a point where he was coming for her um financially to take care of himself now to the public it just looked like nigga get off your ass and go get your own bag and stop trying to live off of this woman but we never look into the possibilities of men making certain sacrifices to support the woman that makes the money and then on the flip that same conversation is had when the man makes the money and he's looking for his woman to understand the responsibilities of being the breadwinner so in certain cases it's like was he ever entitled to something is there a point in being a man that probably had to i I think he didn't he have kids he has kids because so I think she was helping him pay his child support. Yeah, so he had his own financial issues when, of course, she met him. Wasn't he already a part of the music industry? I, I thought he was like a music exec of some form, wasn't he? It probably wasn't like, you know, something like defining or like yeah. status building. So I think the thing with this or why, you know, her making a statement of wanting to be with the man that makes more than money to her. I do think that it, it, it becomes very, and this is even for men who, all the men who have to pay spousal or child support to women who you are right. not on a good accord with when mm-hmm. you all part ways, it can be very <laughs> bitter to um, have to pay to support someone who you are severed from. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. But I think with her, this person was using your money to take care of his mistress. Okay, yeah. And driving your vehicle and all of this money that he is using on this woman is from you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then it's like, now on top of that, I got to fucking support your lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the catch-22 because it's almost, you know, like the laws of, you know. Right, right, right divorce you know you got to follow those those rules and guidelines but to know morally that a person fucked with you like that and then you have to support them it can be very emotionally emotionally damaging you know so when you think about um the parallels because give or take i'm not i'm not advocating or justifying either because i see flaw in both yeah but um in the instance where, of course, you meet this guy, you love him, you like him, um, he had financial issues when you met him. Of course, you know, you helping him pay his child support, which ultimately could have been an issue based on the fact that now he's married to Mary J. Blige. Mm-hmm. Um, so you helping them pay for your, you know, your spousal's child support. You're being the supportive partner. And in the event that something goes wrong, at what point do you establish in your relationship the possible end game? Like the end game, meaning that if everything just goes the opposite direction of positive, like how do we conduct ourselves in a relationship financially, mentally? Do we slander each other publicly? Like I know that you can never guarantee that a person sticks to the script. But is there ever a conversation that needs to be had in a relationship about how do you respect and treat each other when it's all like done and over with? I think that hypotheticals like you just never know in the heat of the moment, your emotions take over. I think the only thing to really stop you from slandering 
you gotta have these contracts and these oh, yeah. non-disclosures yeah, and, black and, and white. all of that in order to stop that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um so I think and and I don't know for sure but if I'm not mistaken I think that's what happened with that very very short-lived marriage between Rob Hill and Latoya oh, Luckett. Yeah. They don't speak on it one of the terms is for each party to not speak on what that was, what happened, whatever. Right, right. And they just move on and you know um but it's very very hard to say what you will do in in that situation because your emotions are are taken over but the best thing to have is that in writing to prevent either party from ruining the image yeah of the other so i don't know but when you sever ties it's really hard um it's easy when you are in a good space to say, well, I will never do this and I will always have, you know, this respect for you and treat you this way. But when shit hits the fan, shit hits the fan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And there's going to always be a moment of disaccord. Yeah. And you don't know how high or how low that's going to be yeah. until you can even eventually get to mm-hmm. a good place. That doesn't come immediately. Not all relationships part ways on a very good smooth note it doesn't always work that very rarely does it ever work that way and yeah it just it just strikes a question because um when i look at i look at so many people in general who who break up for money and it's like Mm. that celebrity and not celebrity yeah it's never a good reason like to actually break up but then it makes me it makes me questions well where were your standards at upon meeting said person because like for me like i know coming to the table even with the money that i have mm-hmm. i'm still gonna act broke because i know i need to protect myself mm-hmm. so i'm going like if i'm 60k i'm still acting like i'm at 40k because I need to like have certain things in place just in case this shit goes all the way left. So I'm not going to like completely show my full hand coming into the door. And maybe that defense tactic is somewhat dishonest, but I think that we've all been kind of positioned to play our hands how they're dealt. So how you go about a relationship could naturally be how it goes left. You have to really have open and honest conversations about finances, expectations, and what you're willing to bring to the table. You can say, I may make 60K, but you only got 30K that's available, you know, disposable to anybody. And the rest of this is mine. No, no discussion. Oh, real shit. You can do that. Like, it's your money. They can't, especially if y'all not married or even if y'all married. Like, that's why you have these conversations to make sure y'all on the same accord. Right. Or people may say things that sound good and down the line through the dating process, you see that it really ain't what they saying it is. That's kind of how you also kind of learn. But I think the reason money becomes problematic is because they aren't being honest, either on one side or both sides are not being truthful mm-hmm. about expectations and the reality of where they are. So is it cool for Mary to say, like, if you don't have, if you don't have your own, not, well, she not even saying that she, it would be different if she said, like, you got, you have to have your own bag. But what she's communicating is your bag needs to be bigger than mine in order for me to mess with you. So why would you why would you expect somebody to have something more than what you have in order for you to be with them? Like, shouldn't you? That's be based equal? off of ex- experience. You right. know what I'm saying? Because I can I'm guilty of saying, oh, no, I didn't deal with this and this and this person. I ain't never dealing with that type of fucker again. Yeah. That's the same thing as saying, oh, I don't do Sagittarius men because they're crazy. Oh, I don't do this type of person because they're crazy. The only difference is she's saying, I ain't fucking with you unless you make an X amount of money because now she don't want to be in the same position of where she at now. And that may be kind of mm-hmm. fucked up. Like, well, what about getting to know the content of a person's a character, character and right. all of that? And that's cool. You could have good character with a nice set bag, you know, a nice bag with the amount of money. You know, I guess. That I guess. It. So 
I really don't know if this is a temporary emotion or if it's a permanent emotion because she could still be speaking out of. I mean, the shit is fresh still. Yeah. Even yeah. though that the shit happened, what was it a year ago? Two years ago? Yeah. I don't even know that. how how long ago that was. I'm not keeping track like that, but I think that it's just her saying, "I can't relive this again." Now that I understand, and. I don't know how bad, like some of the things I was reading, like he just pretty much almost, it sounded like neglected her to a certain point. He utilized her for what she had, but she was never getting anything in return. But, so, that, but that is an issue. That's the issue for me because it's like he never really had what you had when you met him and mm-hmm. you still chose him. And now you're holding his financial wherewithal against him like here you are you gotta help so you're him. saying instead of saying you was a fucked up person who did me wrong and you didn't follow through on loving me and all yeah. of that like you said on top of all of that so now no money right so it's like you you looking at the conversation a little bit wrong like on top of not only having your personal issues you really the money shouldn't be a factor it should but it should be a little bit more strategic and how you apply it to your relationships going forward because as a man if a woman tell me well you have to have x amount of dollars in order for me to fuck with you and it supersedes what you have now as a man i questioned then what do i need you for i don't well i don't know and that that's what makes it tit for tat and it's like we're not really getting to know how we can complement one another how we Mm. can add to the value of our lives together. Well, shit, I I don't think that it's gonna stop her from you know having a conversation and maybe, but she only gonna get to know you up to a certain point. Who knows? Unless yeah. you really impress her enough, who knows? But I I can understand not want, trying to protect yourself from being in the same position because you felt like I come out of too much money taking care of this person and he just like was not there for me like i need to be even though i understand what you're saying that why does him making more money you know have to really be because it's not guaranteeing that he's still gonna treat you right absolutely but i think that her is just saying like well at least i won't be in this position i have to pay child you know your child support you might you might you know what i'm saying like i mean it's highly unlikely but Laws get twisted and well, tangled. listen, I ain't mad at her, so <laughs> fuck it, fuck you, can do. <laughs> I, you know, I totally get her, like, you know, her idea of defending herself against, you know, previous wrongs and things of that nature. But I feel like men, the question really is, why is it that men are not permitted to have financial support? In any way, shape, or form, whether it's like it's they not, are permitted. What you mean? They get it. They, well, three percent yeah, from the article three, I read. Four said three percent of men actually get spousal support, and it's actually more who are eligible for it, but they just don't for you know pride and whatever other reason. Right. But being, this makes but, the difference. This makes the difference in how you go forward. In a relationship because everybody, men and women, want their just due no yeah, matter what. So true. if you're telling me that you're Mary J. Blige, again, this is a cultural icon who probably far exceeded his tax bracket. Naturally, as a man, let's just say his pride still played a significant part in how he handled himself in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And he still decided to pay or try to pay the bills. Let's just say hypothetically. Mm-hmm. We don't know what those bills are, but we can just about imagine based on it being Mary J. Blige. She's mm-hmm. not just living anywhere. She's not just driving anything. And as a man, he could have possibly put himself in a position to try to take care of this person. And now he's saying, this is my get back. We don't know this. We don't know this at all. Like, she never said that, well, he wasn't paying for anything or he wasn't taking care of his manly responsibilities. All I did hear 
was. I've seen and heard other things. Like that's not all based on just this article. Just oh, over okay. time, I've read and seen where he's so more information. He's ne- came yes, on. over time, he's neglected. She's spoken about how he would just like disappear, not show up, and it was talking about I think different um, him paying and taking care of this mistress it's like it's a lot of details out there you know so this is just something that came out and there's no more information oh so it's way more yeah it's more out there about it because that was my issue i'm like well how the fuck does that work if he just so happened no it ain't like he's just this man who been around and been there and the relationship just went left and now she's like well i'm never dating anyone who makes less it has to do with her i think taking on a lot of his financial responsibilities and then him not even being present for her anymore so she could be saying that i'm only dealing with a man with an excessive amount of money due to the fact that she wants him to be fully responsible for his particular issues and she not have to deal with him correct so that i can understand Mm -hmm. but like it's just almost like in order for you to be like setting a relationship standard you got to make 180 million and I can still make 30 million. It's like, well, why would I need to be with a person that compartmentalizes me that way? You know, because well, I bring so much more. The than headlines money. say that she specifically in the interview said that he has to make more money than her. And I don't know how much I didn't read through the whole article, um, but um, I don't know how detailed she got, but I, I understand generally what she's saying, mm-hmm. you know, like, cause I always think about, even though I hate to use this as an example, but, um, when I hear about women and money and having issues with men who are like, you know, financially strapped, I always think about that, that movie, daddy's little girls mm-hmm. with, uh, Idris, Union yeah, and Idris. Idris Elba, mm-hmm. how like. She's looking at a certain bracket, a certain tax bracket, and a certain representation of success. Yes. And here's this man. He's an honest worker. Few missteps along the way. Has some hardships in his, you know, younger years. But he completely takes care of his children with the utmost pride and integrity. And it's it's so many things that you don't get to know in a person because you're looking at what they bring to the table. I think that she was, the way she chose to view things, her and her friends, was very representative of how a lot of people choose to do Mm -hmm. when it comes to somebody who is trying to do right and do better after an accusation. You know what I'm saying? And probably, didn't he do time in the movie? Yeah, he did time. Falsely accused. Falsely accused. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you jumped the gun and you didn't actually trust in him or give him a chance to explain yeah. himself and a lot of people do that and yeah so looking for money ultimately costs you right a lot of different things that you don't consider when you want the fulfillment of love and that that always makes the conversations for men a little bit uneasy to have mm-hmm. because you'll hear a man more or less just focus on the dollar amount because that's all they feel like they amount to. Mm -hmm. It's not men saying, oh, well, women always talking about money. They gold diggers. No, that's how we feel. We feel like this is all we amount to. So if we don't have enough, we don't deserve. Or, you know, and it kind of translates. I don't even know. Don't you think that if you are of a different stature and a different celebrity status that, the dating rules are a little different than it is for us regular folk down here. It shouldn't. It shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah. Because of where you are, how you are, and having to protect yourself. I just think that it's a little. But see, men don't <clears throat> men don't get to. I I I know I'm reaching when I'm saying this, but I don't give a shit. Fuck can do, at and all that. I get it. I'm not defending this man, but I feel like. A man has to protect himself too. Agreed. Like I understand. A man has to, you know, set himself up to defend against the possibilities of taking losses, mm-hmm. just like women do. Now, looking at the woman as an advantage is not what I'm saying, but having having to deal with the stress of her completing an album. And she's not emotionally available for me. Her having 
press releases, promo tours. She's doing TV shows, movies, commercials. She did the Burger King commercial. Then that's why y'all take the time to have conversations and be realistic about what your needs are and how you can make it work. Yeah. That's right. why conversation, communication. Right. Communicate. <laughs> so it's looked at in some instances like as a man, this is what you're supposed to do for your woman. Mm-hmm. When he like, well, damn, I took losses and sacrifices too. And that has you have to also be realistic of she's a creative. Yeah, yeah. She's an artist. Yeah. They need a different type of support. Yeah, yeah, true. Are you in a position to provide that and be there and understand what this person is doing? You're right. And while you're sitting around waiting on her to be available to you, what are you doing to keep yourself busy? Are you tagging tagging along and keeping her company in these spaces? That's probably why he became her manager. That's probably why. Yeah. Okay. So, like, when it comes to, um, I don't know. I just feel like men get shamed for anything involving money. I mean, nah. Well, I mean, like, what we initially wanted to talk about, I mean, and that's still a shame, too, is, like... We could talk about... How we look at, like... Money and... Money. How we look at, like, virginity. How we look at... How we look at status and position. Like, men have it hard in all of those previous positions I just named. But it's looked at, like... This is what a man is supposed to do. Like when we talk about how men look at women who are pure, figuratively pure, um, it's like a man sees her as like a new. Ex- What's with the obsession with purity? Because we we want to validate some of our mistakes. Are you fucking 30, 40 some years old still looking for uh, some purity? Yeah. Hell yeah. As as old as we get. We we forever chase that forever. I think women do too. Like if you look at how no, well maybe I'm an anomaly. You gonna be thirty four years old and purity in what sense? In the sense of let me find somebody who hasn't established a complete opinion as to how they how they're going to experience me. Like when you when you meet those people in those different realms or sectors of life whether it be the club the church people already have a predetermined idea of who you are just because of where you at just because of where you at and unfortunately you can't stop a person having preconceived notions about you true enough but that still doesn't change the application of how you treat certain people you can meet somebody in the library and think they intelligent and fuck they probably and stupid as a motherfucker <laughs> right but it's just the point of perception like <laughs> our perception tells us that sometimes we need something new sometimes we need something fresh like just because but how does that relate to purity like purity purity in the sense that there's nothing negative about the potential of this experience going into it because it's like, okay, I don't know what to expect from you. You don't know what to expect from me. Based on conversation, you've communicated that there's only so much that you've done. But aren't that how most relationships are getting to know somebody start anyway? You, in theory, on a clean yeah. slate. Like you don't know anything. Talking, what we're talking about is in theory. Okay. Like clear understanding and common sense. Mm-hmm. But for a person, just like when just like when you've you come from having pretty decent guys in your life they clean cut by the book sometimes a bad boy is attractive just for the unknown or the expectations of Mm -hmm. where he comes from how different the experiences are going to be and And it's purity in that it's purity in that because you you're going into not you're going into it not necessarily knowing what you're getting out of it so you're just cool with what becomes of it versus already having a preconceived Nigga, notion you spun this whole purity shit into something that's how we think <laughs> that's how we think like purity is not necessarily saying clean okay like oh well she hasn't done anything with anybody or i got you that's not what they're See, saying that's where i thought when you say you looking for somebody pure like pure like is like someone who hasn't done anything and like you want to like shape and mold that's manipulation yeah, right but pure is almost like I don't know what to expect, so I'm here for just the experience alone. 
you're not already preconceiving. So how, do you think not enough people do that? No, they don't. And that's what I think is the misconception. Like when people say, when, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. When people say like R. Kelly, for instance, like right. he might say pure and he mean a 14 year old. You don't have a reputation that follows you. Right. And a person can get to know you on a clean slate. Right. That's the purity that they're chasing. They're not necessarily. And come to their own conclusion about you. Right. And who you are. That's what they're saying. Not necessarily that, oh, like you've never had sex with anybody or you could possibly be looking for somebody that hasn't done anything physical with another person. It's just not knowing what you're going to expect, but still being open to the experiences alone. And I get that. You know, so as adults, we're forever chasing that. We're forever trying to find somebody who can awaken certain senses Mm -hmm. that we don't use in our everyday lives. But I don't think that it's looked at the same when it comes to men and women. Like, we view it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, the experiences that I see is like part of the reason why men chase sex so much is because they fear what they're going to be labeled as by being virgin or inexperienced because it's not looked at as pure as it is coming from a woman who may have just been saving herself might be protecting herself from you know the possibilities of things going bad yeah if a dude say i ain't never had sex it's like well what what this dick finna be like then (laughs) right you know what I'm saying? It's all kind of negative thoughts. That yeah. All mind. type of yeah. negative thoughts. Well, I don't know about this. Yeah. I got to like, test that shit out first. And yeah. then if he just so happens mm. to give you a very dull moment in the bedroom as the opening introduction to it, he's liable to be immediately cut off. Yeah. A man will get trash sex for months and still hit that. Just because he it's, it's available to him. Like sad, sad to say, but that's what it is. So we look at virginity or pureness different than the other person does. Mm. So y'all got y'all shit on y'all side too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, men don't have a men don't have safe spaces to be themselves either. In certain instances, I've never met. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never now had to speaking deal with that. from like the actual virgin, like. You're not going to find a whole lot of virgin men. Like, it was surprising to me at the time when um, uh, the basketball player, A.C. Green, was, you know, well into his late 30s, early 40s, proclaiming to have never had sex. And he was like a topic Mm. for a long time. And he was getting shamed publicly, like, how the fuck are you 40? And you a basketball player, and he wasn't like a scrub. He, you know, he wasn't like a, you know, an immense, you know, like talent. But he was still very well known, and admitted that he hadn't had hadn't uh, had an experience. Why? I that I can't tell you. But it's like we don't look at him and say, well, that's an honorable thing that you were able to save yourself, considering that you're an NBA basketball player with all of these vices and opportunities presenting themselves on the daily but i think a part of that that's that's still commendable that you know not letting society or people force you into into doing something that you genuinely don't want to do yeah and for a man to you know not let and i'm sure many men in his life have tried to push him into it because that's what men do you know but to stick to what he genuinely wanted his core values for himself you know like i feel like for what i know i feel like it it's a lot of reasons that men don't even evaluate that could be very good reasons to be a virgin Mm -hmm. um because the thing about manhood that becomes tricky is the fact that any woman that you encounter and become personal with you're responsible for Mm -hmm. like no matter what like when a woman, you know, has any type of issues around you, you being a man, if you are within the space mm-hmm. to see it head on and possibly prevent it, like you're responsible for that. And that becomes overwhelming. And you don't have a support group to say, good job for doing 
said thing for so long. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's what you supposed to do. You a man. You know what I'm saying? It's so many reasons why as men, we should abstain from even the women that we find unbelievably attractive because you don't know the responsibilities that come with that level of like taste or attraction. It's so many reasons that we actually have, but they're being manipulated as the reasons why you should hurry up and get past those thresholds with those women. You shouldn't, you shouldn't save yourself from this one because you may never get it again. Mm -hmm. So like while they're manipulating you, they're also devaluing you in the same process. Like you're, you're telling yourself that these are once in a lifetime chances that you'll meet somebody that you're physically like attracted to, you know, or you, you have these conversations with the public where they'll tell you, it's not many like her. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, it is. Like, you have to kind of reassure men differently that it doesn't just boil down to just this. And um, like I said, like, we don't look at men being shamed as a thing because it's almost like you're supposed to be getting, you know, sex from women. You're supposed to be right. getting money. However it come, you're supposed to have your own shit. You're supposed to have your own car. There's no space for a man to not have anything and still feel like a man. And that come from your family members, daddies, uncles, yeah, cousins, giving you the wrong facts of life. Right. So a chick, <laughs> so a chick will never consider, okay, well, he pays every day. He opens every door. He holds a conversation. He's not into his phone. Um, she would never pay attention to those aspects mm-hmm. of dating a man who doesn't have a car because all she focuses on is he don't have a car. Right. Like you'll totally miss all of those things. There's really no safe space for a man to comfortably not have certain things without being judged. And um, that's a sense of shaming for a lot of guys. And I think that we need to um, we need to further the conversation of men standing up for themselves and standing up to women and saying, look, like, don't expect me to have something that you don't have. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's create ourselves as equals. Like when, you know, the narrative is, you know, well, I stayed by him when, you know, he was down and out. And when he finally came up, he ditched or left or whatever the, the scenario is in that instance, like start demanding that you invest in my goals as I invest in yours. Like we have to, change the narrative because it gets tricky when a person like Mary J. Blige is on the receiving end of some treatment that she may not even know she could have perpetuated by being such a polarizing figure. Maybe the transitions in their relationship came when she spent more time working than paying attention to the relationship. And then by this time he decided to do, it could be a, a plethora of reasons why this could have happened, but because there weren't, there weren't a, a place or a position to focus being placed on a relationship, everything becomes to be determined and it's not always good for the person on the lesser end. So this is probably why, you know, Mary on one hand is saying, I need a certain, you know, salary in order to deal with love in general, because love wasn't the forefront of why things are set up the way that they are or you know i am still of the belief and probably because i don't feel like i have a whole lot i mean i have enough but i don't have a whole lot but i am still of the belief that i don't mind building with a man i want to go into something with someone who has about the same as what I have. And right. then we can build up and rise together. Right. I just think that, personally, I think that it's harder to find value and to trust that a person is really by your side when you're already established financially, whether it's male or female. Right, right. And you trying to find love when you are in the millions or a thousandaire or whatever. And this person is still trying to, you trying to decipher, are they really with me because of yeah. me? And I mean, I don't know, but I have no problem even at this age, you know, I see a lot of people, even women who are, you know, um, not making a whole lot 
will still even say, well, I need him to have this, 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 and this. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, it's nothing wrong with expectation. I mean, I guess everybody wants something different. But I think that I, I understand it to an extent. I just need to see effort. You know what I'm saying? It all depends on yeah. where he is within his life and where he's at and the effort he's putting forth and the steps he's taking to get to where he needs to be. And if he's taking those steps seriously, it's just all, all of it matters. Yeah. I think that what you have to accept when you say um, dating somebody on your level, there's a potential that it'll take a long time mm. to find the person on your level because it may have took you a long time to get to where you are. Well, absolutely. You know? So I think that, I mean, for me, it's always gray areas. You know what I'm saying? It's always a gray area. Yeah. Not saying because I have a car, he has to have a car or because I have X amount of dollars on my bank account, he needs to match the same. Mm -hmm. It's more of saying like, are you in the same space of working? Do you have a job? Are you working? If you, you know, are in the in-between, what are you doing to try to yeah. get employment again? You know, you may not have a car now, but what steps are you taking to get around and get transportation? Yeah. It's just more that. Because, like, for me, you know, being in a being in a relationship where the two people are creatives, like, I've even looked at and had to make assessments for um, my partner's business responsibilities because I knew that my investments were so big Mm -hmm. and now that you're kind of responsible for the finances of the home in general i still want the leeway to do what i want to do and you not have shit to say right so like some of my investments the bigger ones were for her Mm -hmm. than it was for me and i do that because it's like when i go and spend a ridiculous amount of money then don't say shit to me Mm -hmm. because I can count down all of the things that I put on the table to take care of the home and then take care of you and your creative space too. Mm -hmm. And I think that maybe that level of disposable income that we kind of question Mm -hmm. in relationships, because ultimately I think that that's another conversation to have because a man can technically pay all the bills and be left with nothing. And because he pays all of the bills, he's the man, he's the man, he's the man. But how does he feel once he's left with nothing? And all he has to kind of like attribute to his character is that he went broke taking care of everybody else but himself. That all depends on the type of partner that you have and who's willing to put into you the same way you're putting into them. You know what I'm saying? I had where even in a relationship where... You know, if he didn't have it at that moment, I didn't have a problem helping him out. Well, here you go. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've given him money when his check was short. He's giving me money when mine was short. And that's yeah. just how it worked. You know what I'm saying? If you're paying all the bills, then, you know, I would think she would come in and help you and say, well, dinner's on me. Let's go out. Let's go do something. Mm-hmm. Your disposable income may not be, you know, you may not have any because you paid all the bills. Right. So then that's where she should come in and say, I got you. Let's right. go do something fun. Right, right. So these are like, I mean, these are the conversations moving forward that I think that men and women should have in order to establish better communication so that when shit gets real, it don't get rough. Yeah. As it does for a lot of the people that we see having these messy ass breakups and divorces. So, I mean, hey, it's still fuck can do, but ultimately, (laughs) you know, give the man a chance to, you know, justify his means and his position in a relationship because a lot of times that's not that's not firm ground that a man is standing on when you see him standing next to you know a woman of that caliber like that's just him playing his role and he still has to find himself while playing that role because it's like you married to Mary J Blige my nigga you know right. what i'm saying like that's a lot of responsibility that people don't ultimately look at as a man and you have to make him comfortable to be number two when he should be number one because she's she makes the most money so it's it's kind of tricky to be in that position and he just fucked it up you know it's really it really requires a certain level of education to be rich you know what i'm saying like and that's just the thing that i think goes missing because it's just like he was just expected to know 
how to handle being in a situation like that. And Well, I don't know what the expectations were. Yeah. I can't say that that was the expectation, but I don't know. You know, we don't know all the details of that situation. Yeah. We may know some, but we don't know all. So, But I just think that when you're dating anyone, if it's of a celebrity status or not, you have to be realistic about what you want of this person and what you want for yourself. If you guys just so happen to have heard anything that you have a comment or a opinion on, you could definitely hit us up um, individually. Um, we have our individual pages, but we want to use our show page a lot more. So hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at our two cents pod. We have an email address. If you just so happen to want to discreetly send an email, that is our two cents pod at gmail.com. I could be found at Dergo BJ on Twitter. Um, and my show page that I use for Instagram is at the subject change. If you just so happen to want to reach me on Instagram and Mona's uh, information is Mona Lisa, M-O-H-N-A-L-Y-S-S-A-A. And that is Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. So um, get in touch with us with any of your opinions and questions. Let us know how you felt about the show. Definitely rate and subscribe. We can be found on Apple and Google Podcasts. We are on, um, what is the other one? I know it. It is Anchor. We are on Anchor, and we're also on Spotify. There are going to be a couple more hostings added. We're still temporarily on SoundCloud, but eventually I don't know what we're going to do with that. So um, definitely keep in touch with us on the major hostings that we listed, and we'll see you guys in two weeks. Peace. Peace.